This is Under the Dome. Since the North Carolina General Assembly is out on spring break this week, we're doing something different with our week ahead episode. It's Monday, April 5th. For the News and Observer, I'm Danielle Battaglia, your host for this week's episode of Under the Dome. Normally, on a Monday, I would give you the top three things you need to know for the week, but it's Easter Monday. Happy Easter Monday. And because it's Easter Monday, the General Assembly decided that they were going to take off for spring break and spend time with their families. So... There's not actually anything to tell you coming up this week, and I thought it would be fun if I invited some of our lawmakers onto Under the Dome to tell us what bills they're excited about this session. So first up, I have Representative Insko and Senator Woodard, who are going to talk about Medicaid expansion, and I know what you're thinking already. It comes up every year and never passes. Why talk about it? But they feel like there's a good chance that Republicans could past Medicaid expansion under a different title, and there's been some talk by Republicans about a healthcare expansion that sounds kind of similar. So they're going to talk to me first, a little more in depth, and then you'll hear from other lawmakers about the bills that they want you to know about this session. I want to talk to you a little bit about a bill that I know you both are very um, interested and passionate about this year. What can you tell me about it? I filed a Medicaid bill uh, for several years and actually filed a bill in 2002 uh, to make health care a fundamental right. It was a constitutional amendment. So I've been uh, working on this for a long time, and uh, I think there's a glimmer of hope this year. Uh, so we have we're making we're working really hard to get uh, publicity out, and uh, this is a standard Medicaid expansion bill that would uh, cover. Uh, uh, well, we have about a million two hundred three hundred thousand people now in North Carolina who are uninsured, and it would cover probably seven hundred eight hundred thousand of those. And so it, it's a uh, some it's just something that we have to do. It's imperative. There's just no reason not to do it. So I'm hopeful. And it's a fight you guys have constantly, it seems like, and, and haven't had much success passing it. What do you guys think the outlook for it this session is? I, I'm very, very hopeful because it seems to me with each, you know, uh, I know uh, Representative Vinsco has been on this for a long time. I came in 2013 and that's, we were here, I think the second week I arrived is when we passed the, the law that said we would not expand. So we took up, uh, the Republican majority took a proactive stance saying we wouldn't we wouldn't expand. Uh, but, you know, I think over the years now, um, um, eight years since then, we've, I think, begun to see uh, more and more Republicans express interest in this. Uh, even my new Senate colleague, Representative Vinsco's former uh, House colleague, Senator Corbin, uh, has introduced a bill just uh, yesterday and last week at a, a forum back in his home district talked about expand the need to uh, expand Medicaid, although I think they call it close the coverage gap. That's fine. We can give it whatever name we want. But, you know, for those, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand North Carolinians who have fallen into the coverage gap, uh, they need to be covered. Um, and so I, I've, I've seen more glimmers of, of support here. Um, and Senator Berger actually himself said he thought there was room to talk about closing the coverage gap. So you know, I don't want to get hung up in the name of it. Republican friends are willing to talk about it and let's roll up our sleeves and find a solution to this, then good. 
And I think the recent CARES Act out of Washington that provides uh, more of an incentive for the 12 states that are left who have not done this, uh, I hope would be the clincher here because we often hear so much about the cost and uh, from, from our Republican friends, the opponents of this. And, and we've offered solutions over these last eight years, you know, using our hospitals and church carries to help fill any perceived gap that we thought. Uh, but, but hopefully um, the Biden administration's work on this uh, will be the thing that helps us get across the finish line with some version of closing the coverage gap. I think the Republicans are getting more pressure from outside too now, and uh, it's so obvious. I know that they just got a letter from the Veterans Foreign Wars. Uh, it was a letter to Senator Berger and to, uh, to House Speaker Moore, urging them to, it was a time to do it and urging them to, so I, I urging them to go ahead and pass the bill. So I'm, I think that the outside pressure coming from across the state uh, will help, help move them in that direction. So they, they say that uh, there are about 30,000 military veterans without health care, and, and this would cover them. Again, there's just no reason not to. There's no downside to this bill. It is all positive. To follow on something Representative Coast said, we're also seeing more and more businesses out in the business community, the private sector, who are starting to push back on this now. So even some who may have had reservations eight years ago about expanding under the Affordable Care Act, now are saying, hey, it, it's a bad business uh, decision not to expand Medicaid. So I think with the help of our business community, that's another thing that I hope will help us get across the finish line this session. Do you think COVID-19 made an impact on this push at all? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I do. Uh, there were so many people who were uninsured and, and, and we actually provided, the federal government provided a lot of coverage for those people. They could have been getting it all along through Medicaid. So it's a, it's not just the person getting health care. It is actually a benefit to the entire community. All of those people that got it would not have been spreading it if they'd been covered with health care and getting testing and getting and getting early care in their treatment. So it would have been a benefit to the entire country. We, you know, I've seen reports that have estimated that anywhere. Uh, probably around 250,000 approaching, maybe 300,000 North Carolinians lost their employer provided health insurance as a result of the pandemic. So that just made the coverage gap even wider. Um, so yeah, that, that I think pushed a lot. And that's where I think a lot of business folks began to realize what was happening out there too. And another reason to have this right now is because of the extra money that the federal government's putting in. It would, it, we. We, it would cost the state zero dollars. North Carolina has a, a proposal that we, we would, taxpayers would not have to put this in, but we would do an assessment on providers and they have agreed to that. They, the providers want this uh, expansion. And so they're willing to pitch in money to, uh, to help provide the state share. But right now that would just be 5%. And we'd have that for two or three years, I think would, that would go on under the uh, Biden administration. And that's been one of the major hangups too, right, is the financial impact? Well, the financial impact is really positive. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, I mean, it, it would bring in uh, billions of dollars into the state and it would stimulate our economy because all of those people that needed coverage, we'd have to have providers for all of those people. So it would be a huge stimulus to our economy. 
and and I know Republicans are interested in that, and so that's another reason that Republicans should be stimulating the economy, keeping the stock market up. It's, this fits their agenda, except just for the um, for the words, just just for the title. Yeah. Well, I think they it started with Obamacare, and they didn't want to support Obamacare, and then you know Medicaid expansion sounds like such a challenge, and then. Um, we had to talk about Medicaid transformation, and that was one of the issues, one of the obstacles, I'll say, that, that they put in front of the conversation. Well, people like Representative Vinsco and I and our colleagues who work on health care issues at the General Assembly, we worked in a bipartisan manner to get us to Medicaid transformation, and we're just a few months away from uh, removing that obstacle, and we all hope that that's going to be a very successful uh, endeavor to, to make transformation happen. So we've worked through every obstacle, every objection, and, and shown them. And back to the jobs, the economy thing, expanding Medicaid, we've seen any number of reports from good, solid folks in the field that we could see upwards of 40,000 new jobs in the healthcare sector. And that's very important in districts like mine, and Representative Insco, that, that uh, have uh, big hospitals, big healthcare systems uh, there. But it's also critical in our rural community. The hospitals are often the second or third largest employer in that rural county. And being able to add another 20 nurses and five technicians and maybe even a doctor or two in a rural county is a big deal um, for, that, for that rural county. And you could see somewhere in the neighborhood of probably $4 billion of business investment um, as a result of simply expanding Medicaid at no cost to taxpayers. Yeah, what we're hearing is that the title would be different and there'd be some relatively minor changes made, enough to say that it's not Medicaid expansion. Yeah, yeah. So we could possibly see something passing this year. I think so. Yeah. I agree. I think it'll pass at least one chamber, and I think that's a big step forward. It, it's not just for those, you know, 700,000 North Carolinians in the coverage gap, but it's a good deal for all North Carolinians, regardless of how you're receiving your health care now, and it's a good deal for the system. Healthcare system. And then the next step we would need to take would be, to, how do we get those 400,000 people who are in the gap left? Or how do we get them insured? Once we get this bill passed, we'll go on and and tackle that one. So we're not done. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Thank you both for coming on and explaining this to us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, you're welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting us. I'm Wujtaba Muhammad, proudly serving Mecklenburg County's 38th Senate District. To begin, I'm excited to share with you that we are making progress in our justice system by working across the aisle with Senators Britt and Daniel on our bill, Senate Bill 207, and it's already received unanimous support in the North Carolina Senate. Senate Bill 207 allows us to join the rest of the country by ending the prosecution of children as young as six years old in our justice system. Another is Senate Bill 301, passing unanimously in the North Carolina Senate, which finally gives our neighbors more second chances at opportunities, jobs, and housing through continued expansion of expungement opportunities. I remain hopeful that we will continue to see more bills that continue to grant everyone in North Carolina a chance at freedom and justice. 
Lastly, we're working hard to restore respect and benefits for our educators. In filing bills that put our money where our mouth is, as our children continue to return to in-person instruction to address their mental health, emotional, and health needs by increasing funding for school psychologists, school social workers, and school nurses. We have a lot of work to do in North Carolina, but I'm proud to serve and represent you. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Representative Jason Sane, and I have the honor and privilege of representing Lincoln County, House District 97 in the House of Representatives. I was appointed in 2011 and have served in the past as the House Appropriations Chairman on Information Technology. I've also been the House Senior Finance Chairman and currently serve as House Senior Appropriations Co-Chairman. Broadband expansion has been a priority of mine and the legislative body as a whole for many years. With the onset of the pandemic, online learning, telemedicine, and general online commerce have been issues that have become bigger challenges. I also have had the opportunity, first under the Obama administration, then the Trump administration, and now under the Biden administration, to serve on the Federal Communication Commission's Intergovernmental Advisory Committee. The committee is made up of state and local elected officials, tribal leaders, as well as state constitutional leaders from various states and advises the FCC on issues with regards to communications, including broadband. Last year, the FCC began awarding money to assist private providers in reaching rural areas with broadband. The Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, also known as ARDOF, has seen its first round of awards and seeks to connect some 155,000 unserved locations in North Carolina out of about 250,000 locations. There will be more grants given in an upcoming second round. The bill that Senator Kevin Corbin and I have been working on with other colleagues will be filed soon and it seeks to leverage those dollars already awarded from RDOF and create a construct and fund to assist our electric cooperatives and other public service providers in their make ready costs for utility poles that need to be upgraded to support broadband expansion into these areas where there is no service. Leveraging the federal investment with state and local dollars to act as an accelerator in broadband expansion is good public policy and good politics. This, especially with regards to the heightened awareness of the need of broadband expansion because of the pandemic for education, telemedicine, and commerce, make our effort on this legislation timely and very needed and probably the most important work that I'll do this legislative session. Thank you. I am Representative Allison Dahl, House District 11. The two things I care the most about are election law and equality. I believe that elections bring equality, as we all have a voice during elections. I feel strongly that your vo vote is your voice, and we need to make sure everyone who is eligible and wants to vote can vote. Having a voice does not mean winning. Having a voice means that you count. And I believe that everyone has value and counts. That is why I am determined and excited to work on making North Carolinians' voices heard when they vote. This is Representative Jeff McNeely from Ardell County, District 84. I'm working with Senator Ted Alexander from Gaston County on Stop Social Media Censorship Act. This would allow our citizens to be able to have a voice. Right now, on the digital platforms, they can pick and choose and what they want to be put on their platforms from different citizens. This is definitely a constitutional issue. Our First Amendment allows us to have freedom of speech. 
When these platforms were first introduced, we were told we would have that, within reason. They have decided who can speak and who can be silenced. We must be able to have some recourse. With this, we will be able to peel back U.S. Code Section 230 D3 to allow people to state their grievance they have with these platforms as far as their censorship and to give them a pathway to be able to monetarily fight back. I think this bill is very important. I think it will allow us to, to have an even playing field, not to be able to choose who and what and when we are censored. I pray that you will back me and Senator Alexander on this bill. It is for all citizens, red or blue. This is a red, white, and blue bill that needs to be passed. Stop social media censorship. Thank you, Jeff McNeil. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Under the Dome. Later today, the News and Observer will have more information on the possible health care coverage expansion coming to North Carolina. You can read the News and Observer and NC Insider for more information on these topics and many others. For the News and Observer, I'm Danielle Battaglia. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.